in this episode of Novel Predictions, Kales gets real attached to a boy and his fish. Instead, we got a much sadder story about a kid and a dead fish. And a much... Oh, my God. I can't stand it. And then she puts the <laughs> coin under his tongue. Yeah. Yeah, and then when they take his fish and she, like, freaks out because they took his fish. Yeah, that part's really sad. I have tears in my eyes. How do we intro this podcast again? Hi, I'm Allison, <laughs> and I reread a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, hi, welcome to Novel Predictions. I'm Allison, and this week I reread The Golden Compass. And I'm Kales, and I read it for the first time, and it was weird. Yeah. It was so weird. It was weird. Yeah. And I was way wrong. Yeah. We're just basically going to spend this entire podcast talking about how bad Kales did on these predictions. So bad that actually one of our listeners is a good friend of mine and she was laughing at me because we went out to dinner on uh, Friday night and she was like, I'm so excited to listen to this episode. And I was like, why? And she was like, because I know you and I know that you're going to be like, well... Yeah, I got this thing right, and I try. I maybe got this thing right, and like try and get points out of it. And she goes, "No, you just need to know going into this that you like you're way wrong, and you're not gonna claim anything." And I was like, "This is, yeah, it, yeah, yeah." I was she, really wrong. She uh, came up to me after book battles and said, "I'm so excited to hear this next episode because Kales is so wrong." So I am. I'm. I was really wrong. So if you haven't listened to the first episode, which is the predictions episode, I went through and answered. Uh, a bunch of questions that we have pre-prepared after reading the first five or six chapters of The Golden Compass. And I made predictions that were terrible, so bad. And we'll go over some of them, but it it just... I tried. I tried with what I was given. And I'm sorry, I don't... If anybody predicted this book ever at any time, (laughs) other than freaking Philip Pullman, you're a genius, like, or a magician of some sort. I... Or you have an alethiometer. (laughs) <laughs> is that how they said it in the audiobook yeah an alethiometer i have mom's just like <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 yeah as i'm reading it it's just like all the letters blur together real quick <laughs> yeah an alethiometer um which can i just say before we do anything else i did listen to this on the audiobook and it is one of the best audiobooks i've ever listened to it was full cast it's right? full cast like one of those old British radio shows, so well done, like when they're screaming at each other and dire, like when Lyra has that moment when she's yelling at her uncle slash father, <laughs> her uncle father, her uncle father about, I bet you don't love me. Yeah. And da, da, da. That whole thing where she flips out on him is like this beautiful monologue given by what sounds like a young girl that is so heartbreaking i almost cried in my car because it was just so moving and yet it was just like a 12 year old yelling and so uh, i it it made a different impact i think on me when i was reading and it helped me keep the characters straight because knowing me and my way of reading words and pronouncing them and the polar bear's name was really close to it just was there was a lot but the audiobook, highly recommend it. All right. That's good to know. I can... And I've been told that all three of them are full cast audios. I've heard somebody I was talking to said they listened to the audiobook and it was narrated by Philip Pullman. So there must be multiple. Interesting. There probably is. But anyway, that's awesome. I did not listen to the audiobook and therefore skimmed a lot uh, that's okay. of those weird words. 
elethiometer. <laughs> I read it about But in regards to your predictions being terrible, like I said in the first episode, I didn't remember anything about this book. And that is so true. When I was reading it, I was like, what the fuck? I don't remember this. I don't remember that. And I think your predictions would have made a great story. Thank so. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You know, these are free games. Somebody can take them. Um, but I I find that this book, just like my overall thoughts of it, which is usually how we start on these review yeah. episodes, is just a general thought of like, again, this book was just weird. And I I remember reading it and it was really good up until they rescued all the children, which was the end of part two. Yeah. And then I didn't care anymore. I don't know why, but the whole time in my head... That was the goal. That was the goal, was for her to rescue the... For them to rescue the children, which I understand that we needed to elevate it and go rescue the uncle father. But I didn't care about the uncle father. I cared about these children and cutting demons from them and, like, how tragic that was. I don't give a shit about the uncle trying to go to an alternate dimension. And so the last third of the book... I could have done without. I get that we needed it in order to introduce the other dimensions and the rest of the book and the philosophy that sort of comes with the rest of the series. But I I lost it after that point. Like I was really intense, really excited, like rooting for I was listening to it every day in my car and even sometimes at work because I just was in love with the whole build up in this idea of these missing kids and like this this evil Mrs. Coulter and this journey viking journey people that they were going on and even the history of the armored bears was cool but when we got to the point about the armored bear yorick becoming king and finding the uncle i didn't care it was not great and he was a dick yeah which i was just not i just all like what are these terrible adult parents she has i forgot about everything but specifically too how terrible all the adults Except for the Egyptians. Yeah, the Egyptians are fine. And the one, I would argue there's like that one witch that's kind of okay. And the balloon man, the American balloon man. Yes, I agree with that, actually. But like, yeah, her parents and everyone that has anything to do with the magisterium and everyone that has anything to do with the colleges is just the worst. The absolute worst. And when I was going on this journey, which was felt very new because I don't remember, I fully expected uncle ansel slash dad ansel to be redeemed like from being this dick that didn't really pay attention to her whole life but then he's just so much worse yeah because he's just as bad as mrs coulter but for his own gain yeah and then they like have that weird like makeout session at the end what yeah that that was the part i was literally like what the fuck is happening right now why are they making out what i don't i didn't i did i was just like i don't why did we go on any of this like what was the point here i didn't get it and i'm 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 more interested now though i will say in what happens next because this idea of lyra and pan going to a different world is really intriguing to me yeah because now we've established this like i would be really interested to see lyra interact with somebody who doesn't have a demon like has never been used to that right and I don't know. I'm really intrigued by it. It's maybe something I'll do in the future, like eventually. Especially if you liked the audiobook. I love the audiobook. And I think I'll probably pick it up again. But again, I just, this whole time, I was like, what the fuck am I reading? Like, it's so 
weird and cerebral. Yeah. That's the other thing. It is a very cerebral book. I I keep using that word, but I just remember like, man, I have to really like think about a lot of this. And apparently it gets worse in terms of like philosophical, deep concepts like well and I feel that like really push the boundaries of YA I think it's interesting that the there was all the hubbub about the religious aspect of this book and I felt like that wasn't part of this book until the last 30 pages it still was there there's like symbolism coming out of its ass which it's, I think we should talk about because I think from our different perspectives you will have seen a lot more of that than I will have because you have ex- much more experience with like church symbolism yeah but I didn't feel like there was blatant religion or, like, a, a fight against religion until, like, Uncle Ansel's little monologue about the church and um, its relationship with original sin, like, near the end. Well, yeah, but then there's the whole idea that it was, like, the church that was behind with the kids and the demons and, like, there's – it's just – it's – again, it's just very – It'd be a book that I think would be worthy of study. And I hate saying that because that that's always weird for me to to bring up that, like, every book is worthy of study. But I really, like, want a class on this book of, like, what the fuck did I just read? Like, that's that's seriously how I feel about it. And it it's something that I still am puzzling around in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. And, oh, wait, this happened. And there's so many layers to it. That it at one time makes sense, and then at the same time, I'm like, wait, we have talking polar bears now? There's <laughs> witches? Hold on. And they're immortal? Hold on. Like, it didn't mesh, and it was a weird magic versus science versus religion thing. And, yeah, I, I'm i so baffled by this book. So here's a, here's a simple question. Are you glad I made you read this book? Maybe not glad is the right word. Um, I appreciate that I can now talk to it fully. Okay. I'm not glad. Like, I'm not jumping for joy that, like, oh, right, my not God. That, like, you know not what I mean? Not that you like, like it. Me, yeah, no. Not in that way. Like, when you made me read Six of Crows, yes. Like, that makes total sense. That I was so happy you made me read it. It was great. Loved it. This one, I'm happy that I've read it now because then I can say that I have. And I'm intrigued enough to continue on in the rest of the series. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have time because of reading schedules, but I, I'm, I'm just kind of glad I finally understand what this is. Yeah. Or at least I have a taste of it because I still think I don't understand it all. It's hard to understand. I, and I think that there's a lot that's still unsaid um, through the trilogy because you know they talk about. Lyra and she's chosen to she's destined to destroy destiny or something like that I think that was basically the phrasing they used and obviously we didn't get that in the first book so what the fuck is she or is her purpose is something that I like I don't remember (laughs) I don't remember um so yeah I can see how you would be intrigued to go on like this whole prophecy that never gets fulfilled yet right i don't know and she like has to make mistakes and has to do it on her own which i found really interesting too i also think it's interesting that 
seemingly everyone knows that she's got some special shit going on. Right. Even from all these, like, disparate groups. Yeah, they all seem to have this investment in her. I was also really upset by the end with how... I mean, I assumed Mrs. Coulter was never going to be a mother figure to her, but just how... um, poorly like she was treated as a daughter by both of her parents yeah and how she just like never had a chance yeah it's really it's a pretty heavy like end if you really start thinking about it from a the this girl who thought she was an orphan actually both of her parents are alive and they both want her to be alive but only for their own means it's like she was destined to be born but she couldn't like, they couldn't love her any more than, like, they needed her. You know, like... Right, and she why? She only serves this purpose. Are they just terrible people? I think they're just terrible people. They got to be just terrible people. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Again, like you said, I'm not glad that you made me read it, but I, I, I feel... Not enlightened. I feel like I'm part of a bigger conversation now. Like, And I also am kind of proud that I, I feel a little less, like, sheep like and that i just went with what was told of me of don't read this book because of bad religious themes and i don't feel rebellious or anything it's more of just like okay i read it for myself now and i don't really get it yeah Uh, to me it has the same bad religious themes as harry potter does right that was what i was saying it doesn't seem to be overtly anti-religious like the the idea but I'm also I'm also a bad Catholic, so I could like totally be way off or wrong or forgetting a bunch of things. Because again, those same friends that came to book battles and and went out with us later, um, her husband was talking to me about the books, and he was like, you know, I had to explain a lot of things to my wife that her not growing up Catholic, she didn't understand, and so I'm sitting there like, fuck, did I miss something? Like, I <laughs> no, I was. He was sitting there telling me all about it, and I'm just sitting here like. I don't. You're like, what did you have what, to explain? What, what did you have to explain? Can you explain it to me? We didn't do that because I didn't want the book to consume the whole night of conversation. But yeah, you know, I, I, I'm interested to read the rest of the series to see if there's more that I pick up on and if there's more that is in there that might be more offensive. I don't know. Maybe I just missed it. Maybe I was just like one of those kids where it just like goes over your head. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, I bet kids that read Narnia. Don't know it's a, a Christ allegory. I'm well, sure they don't know unless they're told. Right. Yeah. Or they don't until, care. Until a lion died and came back to life. Yeah. A or... boy got given Turkish delights by a witch who was clearly evil. <laughs> and like, there we go. You know? And there was a really awesome fawn boy. I. Yeah. 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 He's not a boy. He's a man. But still. But. is Mr. Tumnus. I know. He's a mister. Yeah. He's not a boy. I don't care. It... <sighs> okay. His age sister, means nothing when I say boy. My sister played him when we did the play, Mr. Tumnus, and she had, like, these pants made out of, like, those really fuzzy scarves. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were the hottest, most terrible things ever. And I always would bleed through, because I was the White Witch, I always bled through my tights during the fight scenes, because I would skid along. <laughs> and it hurt so bad. They tried to put me in knee pads, but then it bulged my costume, and they were like, well, we can't have you do that. And I was like, okay, we're just going to bleed through tights. Yeah, what's worse, my having bulgy knees or me bleeding did you suffer for the art oh my god even though you're 16 um anyway 
that's that's the thing is that I maybe I just feel like a 12 year old where a bunch of this stuff went over my head. I want to talk to you real quick about the alethiometer. I'm really interested in this this compass that she got and yeah. these symbols that she just like suddenly knew how to work it and this weird connection she has to this knowledge and well of truth That's from the thing. something like this is it's weird gotta be, it's got to be part of this whole weird she's special thing i know but i but okay, what but is the it? lithiometer in general to me is weird like how do you capture truth like that in that measurable format that bothered me did that not bother you it's magic i don't yeah but there was some there were some points where i was like why isn't she just asking like what mrs coulter is doing that's to what the i'm kids? saying is i'm like why because we... it was very specific i guess like what the answers she was interpreting were like exactly specific like the bear is four hours away <laughs> the bear is four hours away you killed your father by a pond you did i mean you know all these yeah. things it's like what right so i think probably more than anything also, what was that whole bullshit about the bears wanting to be human and wanting demons? I was like, I don't understand. I, I felt very like, I want to be like you. <laughs> I want to walk like you. Duck like you. Do. That's, I literally, yeah. I had that song in my head the whole time this scene is going. I'm like, this fucking bear is King Louie. Like, wh- what? <laughs> I don't, I don't get maybe it. Maybe that's what it's, maybe he decided that he was going to have King Louie be in his book. And that's how he did and that, it. He just made him a polar bear. I think it's just a comment on, like, everyone wants what they can't have or what isn't theirs to have kind of thing. Yeah, but none of the other bears wanted it. Yurik didn't want it. No, I know. But that, so that's when then it's like, by denying your nature, you're, like, poisoning yourself. Oh, my God. Can I talk also just really quickly about the boy and the fish? Oh, my God. It's so sad. (sighs) I'm sure listening to it was harder than reading it. That bored boy's voice. Just where's my where's my rata? Where's my rata? I can't. Yeah. I can't. That part's really sad. Oh, it's brutal. The minute Myra finds out that they're splicing demons, ugh, I cu- I didn't. Uh, that was that was probably the roughest part of the book was watching her as a young child try and figure out this level of evil. Yeah, as she saw it. There were some rough emotional moments in here, and it's well written. It's wordy as fuck, but it's well written. Yeah, it is well written. It is very wordy, and I feel like sometimes the dialogue takes on a weird tonality. It helps when they're British, when you think about it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it would. There was just some some phrasing that was odd, and not like in a distinctly British way, because I read a lot of things that are um, written like the characters are English, but... <sighs> Like, there was a scene where um, the old man, Father Koram or whatever, yeah, he is talking to the witch's liaison guy. Yeah, the goose. No, no, no. The guy. Before the goose. Oh. <clears throat> the guy who tells oh, him yes, about the yes, bear. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Who, who tells her about the alethiometer. Yes. Yeah. And they're, like, talking in riddles to... Oh, yeah. And they're, like, talking about... And in Lyra's interpretation of it, and it's, like, they're speaking in this etiquette code. Right. And so it was, like, sometimes for, like, that kind of stuff, I was, like, what is, like, mm-hmm. and I think that she's confused, which helps. Like, you're supposed I, to be confused, but. I gotta say, though, too, this book, from the perspective of Lyra as a 12-year-old, as a voice of a character and seeing the story through her lens is so well done to me. I agree. It, it is equivalent to me of, like, learning about Jay Gatsby 
through Jack Carraway in that you get just this lens of this entire situation that's going on here. And like you only see Daisy Buchanan and, and Gatsby in from this way. And it's so well done. And I felt the same thing about Lyra is that everything is through the lens of a 12 year old girl who's been raised wild, who is curious and stubborn and is genetically derived from two of the worst fucking people <laughs> on earth. And, and somehow has, like is flight kind of flighty. Yeah. Like, but somehow manages to know right from wrong and manages to find loyalty and some sort of caring and devotion towards people. And it's I, just interesting yeah. to me. I also like that one of her main character traits is that she's a good liar. I love that too. It was super interesting, especially when she's lying to the bear king or whatever. Yeah. And she's talking about how it feels like slipping back into this role of the liar Mm -hmm. after having told all these people the truth. And it's like this putting on an old coat kind of thing. Yeah. And that was a really, I think a really cool way to make her because she's, she's super flawed. Yeah. And she's 12 truly, which makes her kind of horrible. Um, But her horrible 12 year oldness compared to the true horror of her parents is such a dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, she was super well-written. I also figured out why it's in YA. Because of the violence? No, there's sex in the third book. Lyra has sex in the third book? I don't know who, but Chad was telling me there's sex in the third book. I'm so interested right now. Hold on. Yep. Googling. I don't know who, and I don't know, but I mean, I don't know if Lyra gets old enough by that time, but that's totally why it's in YA, which is probably why Tamora Pierce is in YA for us. Not for you. It used to. Yeah, it is. It is in YA now for you guys? It used to not be. Well, then did somebody say, hey, there's sex in this book and move it out of your library? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This article's entitled, His Dark Materials, Preteen Sex Saves the World. (laughs) What the hell? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Where is this article? (laughs) I'm trying not to fall into a Google hole, but this is... It's it's looking like this is going to happen. Some... Wait. Okay. This is really interesting. This is great. 12 enlightening facts about His Dark Materials. Okay. According to Mental Floss, whom I trust. All right. Okay. So it says, number one, it's a retelling of Paradise Lost, which I find really weird. I've never read Paradise Lost. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know who that's by. Who is it by? Milton. Yep. No. Sorry. The, my. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Part of my theater senior thesis had to do with Paradise Lost and the play that I wrote and whatever. Anyway. So, um, so that's one fact. Um, the, the title, The Golden Compass, was a mistake. He first called the series The Golden Compasses in a reference to Milton's epic poem, The Golden Compasses Prepared in God's Eternal Store to Circumscribe the Universe and All Created Things. Okay. Parts of the U.S. edition of The Amber Spyglass were censored. Inter- biggest- that's interesting. There we go. The biggest change occurring in Chapter 33 concerns a paragraph detailing Lyra's sexual awakening. Both the UK and US versions begin with, as Mary said that Lyra felt something strange happen to her body. What follows in the UK version includes Lyra's psychological reactions, her breath quickenings, she feels a stirring at the roots of her hair, and sensations in her breast. The US version cuts these sentences and picks up again with a reference to Lyra feeling as if she's been handed the key to a house. Knopf had never addressed these changes, though many believe it is because they didn't deem the details appropriate for a character under the age of 18. Anyway, I'm done with those facts. Thank you, Mental Floss, for helping <laughs> us out with that sexual exploit from Lyra. Really appreciate it. Okay. Well done. So, also, this was published so long ago that 
the like problems in this book i'm sure compared to today's ya let me characters uh, let me introduce you to an author called sarah j moss yeah well and, and i know all of her sexual books i know lyra is a lot it's young and through the, i mean she's 13 at, yeah. in the third book let but. me also introduce you to stephanie meyer who while yeah her characters were married um that she was bella was still 18 and pretty much getting like violently accosted by a vampire sexually and oh yeah her child almost kills her reasons i never read twilight don't fucking do it anyway um shall we get into all the things yeah, i did let's, wrong let's start on the questions we've been talking about this for 30 minutes That's, well we, we also killed some time so oh my God. our let's first just... question oh, God. are you ready the first question was does the main character fall in love and kale said i don't i don't i'm gonna go i'm gonna be honest is that like i don't think that's a thing in this book i think if there's a love story it's gonna be between like two older people that she meets apparently not in this book yeah so and you're right she has some sexual escapades in some other books you're right though i was right that was one thing i got right but you did say wait but you said if there's a love story it's between two older people and like the parents was not a love story but for some reason they hardcore made out at the end so yeah i don't know I, there was no love story. Well, okay. Oh. But the witch yeah. and far decorum. Yeah, but it wasn't really a love story. It was like a love lost. Yeah, it was, was like. That was sad. I, I like that book. Can we have that book? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You think I'm joking. But like, I would really like that book of far decorum and the witch, whose name I can't remember. It's like Seraphina or yeah. something. Um, and their younger escapades. Yeah, I mean... Philip Pullman writes romance. Give it to me. Uh, I do think that his th- his tertiary characters in this were pretty well-rounded. I found them really interesting. Yeah. Because, like, I am I was interested in that relationship. And we spent time in the book on that relationship. Even though I was kind of like, okay, let's get to it because I was trying to read quickly. Right. Um, I do appreciate the fact that he actually took the time to build those people. I'm sure there's a fanfic somewhere on Tumblr. I'm sure there is. Yeah. Okay, let's get into tropes, because you had a bunch of them. So what tropes do you think you'll see? Kale said... Oh, God. Evil queen. Okay. And I I don't... She's not a queen, but she's... Because that doesn't exist in this world. But that's sort of evil, vain, powerful, beautiful woman who charms people. Um, Again, very white witch, very um, Regina, very um, just that trope of this sort of evil beautiful like woman beautiful mm-hmm. yep who uses that okay. beauty and that's who uh nicole kidman okay. well she's not an orphan i even got that wrong you did say dead parents but i they're not dead though no i know that's what i'm saying you said that as yeah, in she's and an that's orphan not a thing like i even got that wrong guys like this okay but you that's don't even red understand herring. how bad this is right now that's a red herring though because they're like your parents are dead. And you're like, okay, I accept the fact that you told me my parents are dead. I know, but I could have used the trope where, like, her she thinks her parents are dead, but they're not. I really thought her parents were, like, good people that died up in the fucking north. Like, that's I was convinced of that. Oh, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Okay, so you said um, evil queenie, like, charming Mrs. Coulter. I mean, yes. But everybody knows she's evil. Like yeah. they all there's no charming about it. She she charms Lyra kind of in the beginning, but And she charms the children. And she charms the children, but even then all the adults know what she's doing. Yeah. All, They're just all, all fucked the adult, up. Yeah. All yeah. the adults are fucked up. 
Um, you said animal sacrifice and demons getting separated. I did do that. I did. I did. I did. Because you thought Pan was going to die. Yeah, but he didn't. Thank God. I know. I think I would have. I think it would have been too hard. I think if Pan died, I, I don't. I think I would have stopped. Like I yeah. think I would have had to put the book down. Because 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 this last little force that this poor girl has, I don't. I don't think I. I, I don't think I could have handled it. I really don't. Yeah, because her life is tragic. It's awful. Her parents are terrible people who want to use her to their own ends. She attempts to rescue in her best friend and in doing so ends his life. Yeah. Roger's dead. Yeah, he's super dead. Uh, she has to... She feels compelled to leave all of the friends she made along the way. She's so ruined that she's going to leave her dimension. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I got that there was demon severing, which I'm actually rather proud of in terms of I mentioned it. You did mention it. But I didn't I didn't say why or for what or whatever. And I thought of it really as more of a sacrifice. I thought that, like, an animal was going to jump in the way of a human and it was like an extra lifeline, not in the way of, oh, like, like, one a dies second, and the other one dies. Like, you get a second chance at life because your demon took the first yeah. killing blow. That's what I thought. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Instead, we got a much sadder story about a kid and a dead fish. And a much... Oh, my God. I can't stand it. And then she puts <laughs> the coin under his tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. And then when they take his fish and she, like, freaks out because they took his fish. Yeah, that part's really sad. I have tears in my eyes. For this little boy, you know, for, like, five pages. You know him for five pages. I know. But she leaves. She takes, like, th that's what I'm saying, is that it, that's why Lyra is so interesting to me. She has such a interesting goodness about her to go save this boy and be like, five decorum, I'm leaving. I'm taking the polar bear. Peace out. Bye. And is like, I don't really care what you say. And she does get his permission, which is fine. But then she goes and takes this long ass journey in the cold on a polar bear, which is not comfortable, as she says. <laughs> Would have been worse if she were a dude. But I just, and she's like, has to stay awake for it. She talks about, I can't just sleep on his back. Like, I have to stay up. Yeah. And it's like this long ass journey she takes to go find this boy who then ends up dead when she brings him back because of this horrific thing that these people have done to him. Well, what? I, yeah. I feel like her a big part of her characterization is she's incredibly impulsive and follows those impulses, but the impulses are always like pure and like good hearted. Yeah. Well, for the most part, she tries. I mean, she has, I feel like when she thinks about stuff and, and chooses to do it because she like kind of logic through it, it's less pure and in good hearted, like mm -hmm. all the like wars with the other kids and um, whatever. The, like her kind of being a bully but whenever she just acts on instinct it's always the right choice which i think yep. is another part of this weird destiny thing that's going on with her she can tell the truth from this weird ass compass she every time yeah, she does she's something a skilled liar yeah she's a skilled liar every time she does something impulsive it's the right thing to do so yeah i don't know i don't know man i'm very interested in her yeah he's made a good character out of her yeah um, you also said she's a stowaway. She talks about it, but she doesn't do she it. She doesn't do it. Because they let her go. <sighs> she, I think she would have done it. If, she probably would have. If they didn't decide to but let her go. But then she's like, guess what, guys? I can read the lithiometer. 
Yeah. And that was like, like one thing I was right about. But they were like, oh, yeah, that's probably something we need. I still would have really liked more women in this book, period. Yeah. I like that's one thing I still wish were a thing that in all these popular YA novels, there were more women. But whatever. I also I wish that we got more about Mama Costa. Yeah, me too. Because she was like going to be her mom. Yeah. And then that didn't happen. It didn't happen. And then she took her in again and then Lyra just left and literally never thought about her again. No, never did. Well, she did when she met Billy, when she saw Billy again. Oh, right. That's true. But yeah. if like for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it like, was oh, like it was a I solid second. Um, you Ugh. said there's a mentor. There wasn't. And there's really not. There's not. There's not. Not a single one. I would say that there's a grouping of them that all teach her different things. But at the same time, there is not a solid one overseeing Miyagi mentor in this. And even then, these people that she has that are like teach her things. Lyra's so independent and self-sufficient. It's kind of unrealistic. But she's really good at just forging ahead and doing her own thing. And she's confident enough in herself to accomplish those things so i don't i i would argue there's not a mentor in this she's got companions but not mentors i think part of the story has to be the way it's written that she can't really learn much from these adults no because they don't have like the perspective that is needed to say hey this is fucked up well she just she she i just think i just think she can't learn anything from them yeah like it they what is she supposed to learn yeah like i feel like she learned from she learns like little life lessons but they're not they're not mentor lessons they're not even like life lessons this is just like weird i don't know it's weird it's weird this book this book is weird (laughs) or it's like information that's useful to her in the moment but it's not long-standing like where um the polar bear, the good polar bear, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, Isn't it Yurik? Yorick? Yorick. Something like that. Something like that. He teaches Yorick her. Burnside. <laughs> Secret cousin of Magnus. <laughs> he teaches her that, like, you can't trick a bear who's acting like a bear or whatever. So then whenever she goes to the the crazy, gross court building with all the bird poop and the bones, <laughs> that was such a disgusting description. That was nasty. Um, well done, but nasty. She is like, oh, he's, he's trying to act like a human so I can trick him. So it's like very specific applied knowledge. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Okay. And. Did I have any more? That I yeah. Just you said they rescued the uncle. Which they don't. Was he even in prison? No. What was happening? Okay. So the way that I understand it is that he. He was, uh, he got sent away by the polar bears, right? He got captured because yeah. Mrs. Coulter told him to. Right. But what I understood was that the main king bear was playing both sides. So what he did was, because they promised him the same things of like, I want to be human again, only human again. <laughs> That's two Disney references in one. And um, references to being human. That's weird. Anyway, th- another thought for another day. We don't have enough time to unpack that. Um, no, we didn't. <laughs> but the way that I understood it was that the main bear captured the the uncle at Mrs. Coulter's behest, but then learned that the uncle could help him too with his research and altered interventions and stuff like that. So he started feeding him the stuff. So he wasn't like really a prisoner because he, he was like, I guess the uncle you needed- have to stay here, but you're going to do all your research, which is what he was going to do up in the North. Anyway. Yeah. He needed to be up there anyway. Yeah. So the bear was playing both sides. Yeah. So no, he wasn't really a prisoner. 
Right. So then that's he still had a stupid manservant. Like he was not a prisoner. And that makes me even more angry because Lyra tried so fucking hard to go rescue her damn dad. I know. And he didn't even care. And that's why she goes off on him. Rightly so. Yeah. I mean, she's right. He doesn't love her. No. Not in the slightest. I would argue, actually, that not anyone does. Yeah. I don't think she's loved. Maybe Mama Costa. Maybe. But, like, in a very... I don't think so. I don't see. I don't think so either. I think that she cares for her. I don't think she's loved by anyone. Yeah. I think she's used this entire book, even by the bear. I could write a paper on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I think there's loyalty, but I don't think there's love. The bear is the closest she comes, but it's very But even then she leaves him. Right. And he leaves her. She can't live with him and rule with him. Right, yeah. She's not like that's not her end game. No. I don't think she's loved and I don't think she loves. Even she got Roger killed. Yeah, she didn't, and didn't she care about loved, him for a lot. Like, no bullshit. She didn't love any of her friends. Nope. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that she said. I mean, she says a couple times like, "I love blah blah blah," but yeah. I think it's very. I think it's twelve year old. Like, yeah. not think she doesn't know what it is. Right. I don't think she's this never, girl has a capacity because I don't think she's ever experienced it. Right. Because she's never been loved. That Which is why so they sad. cut that sexual chapter. Oh no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They don't want us to know what love is. Maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe she'll realize when she meets William, whoever he is. I don't know. That Wait, uh, she's never been loved before. Maybe. I don't know. But then even that, is that going to be love or is that just going to be lust? Or I don't fucking know. But see, that's why I'm interested. Lyra is, a, is yeah, such a well done, complex character that is deeply flawed. And I find her journey interesting. Yeah. What else did I get wrong? Um, well, we already answered the mentor question, so we're not going to talk about it again. Cool. Um, who's going to die? Kale's, I... Kale said. There's going to be the death of a demon. I don't know how, but I like the idea of it. Her demon or someone else's? I like the idea of her demon dying, but I think I've seen a mouse on the cover of other books. I was so wrong. Yeah. Roger died. Yeah. Roger died. Like, brutally and badly. Yeah, in, like, a really rough Like, way. a sacrificial shit to at, open up a at portal. At the hands of her father. Right. And she brought Roger to him. Thinking right. she was saving him. Right. Fucked up. It's, it is trauma-inducing. Yeah. What? I, I never would have called that. That one no. was, that one, I'm not gonna lie, was probably one of the most shocking things about the entire book was when the dad was like, I'm going to cut roger down and kill him because i need him let me sacrifice this child for my exploits yeah what i think my biggest like shock rereading because i'd forgotten was how brutal her dad was like because you talk about mrs coulter being brutal the whole time she's stealing these kids she's cutting them whatever she doesn't care about them at all and even if her dad's a dick you don't expect him to be on the same level no. of horror. Mm-mm. And he is. It's the same It's exactly thing. the same. It's exactly the same. And it's. I just don't get it. I wish I knew why. Like, why are these... Why does she have such shitty parents? They're, but they're, like, evil. Like, yeah. they're, they're killing and kidnapping children and torturing them. Children. I don't get it. Right. Yeah, and that was shocking. When when he killed Roger and when she figured it out. Yeah. And then he was too late. 
Mm. Like I said, there were some brutal moments in this book. Well, and one of the only parts that I actually remembered from the beginning was Lyra coming to like the Institute and almost getting cut, but then Mrs. Coulter realizing it's her and saving her. And I always thought that was really interesting because one, I think it's not because she loves her. Obviously it's because it's because she's needed. She's needed for something else. But the fact that Mrs. Coulter has this conversation with Lyra and says, um, Oh, we would never, I would never do that to you. I would never hurt you. And then Lyra's like, well, what the fuck are you doing to all these kids? And she's like, well, it's for their own good. And she's like, well, then you should do it to me. I don't, you know, I'm the same. I'm not special. Right. That's such a, um, compelling conversation because Lyra still has no idea like that she has a greater part to play no we we only know about it from third person conversations right and the fact that (laughs) the fact that her mother can differentiate her in that way but not differentiate her because she cares for her in any actual way is heart-wrenching it's awful it's awful but yeah I would never have guessed that Roger died I totally said it was the yeah. uncle. You said it was... A pan. I you said, said it was the captain mentor, the person we hadn't met yet. Oh, well, So that would die. have been... Father Coram. Father Coram or um, the aeronaut guy, maybe. Yeah. But neither of those di- people died, so... Nope. They disappeared, but they didn't They die. are no longer with her. No, because she decided to go to a completely different dimension. I oh, also think fuck. it's super interesting that when the Egyptians like freed like went and were fighting after she freed all the kids that she just like went off i know and nobody cared cared, seemed to care nope she was like well we did that thing so now i'm gonna go bye yeah i'm not gonna tell anyone see why i thought it was weird that like that the book didn't end there (laughs) i know i agree that that would be a natural ending yeah 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 yeah, there's a lot of like, this book is weird. There's a lot of a- evil adults and a lot of really negligent <laughs> adults. It's um, YA. There's negligent adults everywhere. But it seems extreme. It does seem extreme. And they're like negligent in a very obvious way. Fair. Um okay. So, what's the twist? Kale said that the kids are not actually being killed. They're being sent to another dimension. What did I say? You said that the kids are being sent to another dimension rather than killed. Oh, my God. Which is just not even close to killed. No, it's so, I, God, I'm embarrassed. It's so, it's not, it's not even close. Like, there's no, what, what, I guess the twist, the twist was, I think there were two. I think the twist was that the demons were being spliced from the children and that her father was actually evil. Yeah. I would say those are the two twists. Because she was working the whole time to save him and he didn't need saving and he which i would say is the bigger end. twist i mean well, hell actually no when we met tommy and she realized that they were splicing demons i almost burst into tears and i think i already said that in the podcast but whatever it was that impactful yeah fucking tommy man and tommy died tommy also died yeah i'm gonna cry yeah <sighs> and they couldn't bury him so they had to burn him Oh my god, it was brutal. That was a With brutal part. And the coin and the... Man, there are just some deaths in books. His and Rogers, man, they both died. And and yeah, those are some brutal twists. Again, I have to hand it to Philip Pullman that these are it's like well done, man. It's it's good. It's just lengthy and complicated and weird. Also, did you notice that no adults died? Yeah. And all these kids died. And what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. 
Okay, sorry. That bothers me. That too. makes me mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like angry. I feel like I need to go read the next book now too because I. I just need I'm like I need to know what's going on because it's just like so layered and so complicated that, that I just really want to know even though I only gave the book a three star because a lot of it had to do with the fact that I hated act three and I just was like why does this exist right now yeah um look at me theater saying act three instead of part three but you knew what I meant and I I didn't understand why it was there but I just keep talking about it with you and I'm like wait what there's so many questions I don't have answered yeah there's a lot of things that I don't know. And I've read this trilogy and I don't remember, but yeah. Well, I'm not making you read the next book for February, just an FYI. That's good. We're going to read something completely different. I'm happy with that because it was a slog to get through this for me because my brain just didn't want it. Yeah. And I don't know why. It just okay. didn't. But that's okay. February still might be a slog, but, but mm. it's not this. We'll get to that in a second. Sorry. All right. Uh, next question Teasers. was... <laughs> why is the story from the MC's perspective? <laughs> Kale said... Because that seems to be the right. only thing that's special about her is the fact that she has that information about the picture and that dust can be pictured and captured. Um, and that she has that compass that she doesn't know what it does. Right. We still don't fucking know. Yeah, we really don't, don't know. She's special. That's all that we know. We still don't fucking know. We have no idea well i'm so mad i don't understand i have so many questions that are not answered and i don't know why lyra is special except everybody keeps fucking saying she's special and she's part of some prophecy but nobody would tell us even the goddamn prophecy we just learn about it from all these adults that i don't trust nor do i like them because as you have seraphina pops up and is like oh hey we're gonna escort your balloon and i'm gonna tell you some weird things about prophecy and then it's gonna be like oh nope i'm out here peace bye and then it's like oh the professor i'm gonna give you this all important alethiometer and not tell you why that you need it but imply that your uncle needs it, so you're going to go off on this death-defying trip to find him, and then I'm never going to come back. Ah! I don't know why she's special, and it's infuriating. But she is. Except she's the daughter of these two evil people. Yeah. So when we were answering this question, you didn't really... You said because the compass, which isn't true. No, it's not true. That's super untrue. No, it's it's so untrue. And that her parents are important, which is kind of true. I mean, yeah, but even then, we don't know why they're important, except that they made really stupid choices. And they're really smart, but really assholes. And, like, able to charm people into getting what they want, which is what Lyra can do, but no big deal. Right. That's just, like, genetic or, like, learn nature nurture, yeah. But this is when you went and decided you were going to tell me the whole story. So let's go over what you said. (laughs) All right. So you said that the compass guides to other dimensions... Which is not true. Which is not really true. No, not at all. Don't even don't even <laughs> pity me by giving me a really in there. And that the dust is remnants of interdimensional travel. That's also not true. The dust is remnants of the splicing with the demons. No, isn't it's it? not. No. Okay. No, the, the dust. They were saying that the dust is from this other world. So, it's kind of true. It's not remnants of interdimensional travel, but it's part of the process. Okay. Fine. I'll take a my third point and then (laughs) and then you said that they need kids to pass through for the interdimensional travel and that my friend was correct because they had to kill roger and his demon they had to splice him to get the energy surge to make the bridge that was the whole that was uncle ansel's whole plan Oh my god. So you got that part. I did something right. <laughs> I'm gonna count that as like two points. 
But you said in conjunction with that, that Lyra has the compass, which would make travel easier so they didn't have to do that. Yeah, which bullshit. That, that no. wasn't a thing. Nope. Um, and then but hey, yeah. they did need to splice the children. Yeah, They, they d- didn't need to kill the children, but he did need to die. He, he did, did kill him. I don't think he had to die. I think he just died as a result of result what of the they splicing. did. Yeah. Because it's horrifying. And the splicing sounds like splinching to me, and I don't like either of those. But anyway. Yeah. Blah. Yeah, so that's... That's right. So Good you job. got, like, a little bit of it, right? A little nugget? I'll take a nugget. <laughs> Consid- what do I have? I think I have that. Um, I think I got that. I, I might have, like, one more thing. <laughs> I don't even have that she was an orphan. Animal sacrifice-ish, but no, not really. No, no sacrificing of demons. Wow. This is, this is, this is officially the worst one, isn't it? No, I don't... Yeah. It might be. It might be the worst one. Not the worst book. Aragorn was pretty bad. I might say this is actually one of the better books that we've read. I gotta be honest with you. Over the course of this. Really? Yeah. Why? Because, because it's provoking. Because it's something that is causing this enormous amount of conversation it's literally been stuck in my head because I finished it before you did. Yeah, you did. Like of, a week like, before. Like a week or so. And it's been stuck in my head. And even when I tried to write my review of it, I'm like, I don't even know how to function in this moment. Like, I don't know how to convey my thoughts properly. It's something that's still spinning in my head that I want to figure out. And I like that puzzle part of it. I like that it is this um, complicated. I It's still not my favorite we've read. My favorite is The Fault in Our Stars. But... That, I don't know. I don't know. It's up there, I think. I think it's definitely thought-provoking. And I was glad to reread it. And it was fun for me from a I-didn't-remember Oh, I'm sure. standpoint. But in terms of, like, books I liked best that we've read, it's definitely not the book I've liked the best. But uh, do we have one more question or is that it? Well, the other question was, like, what other thoughts or other stories does it remind you of? I think that's just when I went into the whole... And you said Stardust. Which, oh my which god, is so bad. That's, no, wow. Oh. It has literally nothing in common with Stardust. No, I, I, God, I was so far off. Except for maybe like Human Sacrifice. That's like the only thing I could potentially. Maybe. That, that, but, God. But not in the same way at all. Uh-uh. But yeah. So. Frick. That was Golden Compass. Not Frick. Fuck. Fuck this. <laughs> I, think- I don't even I don't, god damn it i'm i'm just so mortified and embarrassed i don't i don't even know god fuck you philip pullman fuck you and fuck you allison for making me fucking read this fucking book god you just said it was your favorite book we've read on the podcast for this show no i lied i don't know oh what i'm god. saying yeah. i can't make up my mind I'm- you know what i lied it's not my favorite book that we've read on the podcast for this show it is the most interesting thought-provoking and to me has generated a lot of thoughts and so i can appreciate and respect that so you rated this book three stars on goodreads i think i also rate it three yeah um because i do think it's interesting i really like lyra in the way that she is terrible but great i i think the story is compelling i agree with you that the third part is like very disconnected from the rest of the book and that the first two parts where they're getting the kids and she's going on this journey or whatever were much more exciting for me that's fair so i think we rated this one the same 
Nice. Which has maybe never happened. Not on this podcast. Not with these books. Nope. Speaking so, of these books. Yeah. Kales. You want to know what you're reading for February? Yeah. What You want to make predictions? Hints. Yep. It's a romance. Okay. Is it adult or YA? Adult. <gasps> really? Yeah. Is it actually romance or is it not actually romance? No, it's actually romance. Is it an author I've read before? I don't think so. That's why I'm making you do it. Uh, is it like Nora Roberts? No. I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of something you've read. Oh, it's contemporary, isn't it? No, it's <gasps> actually not. It's, it's a not. classic. Oh. Oh, it's Jane Austen. It is. It's it's Pride and Prejudice. No, I'm reading Pride and Prejudice right now. We're actually going to make you read Emma. I've read Emma. What? That's like the one I've read. Okay, then I'll make you read Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> that was, was my backup. No, I'm kidding. That was my backup. So it was either Emma or Sense and Sensibility. I like couldn't. Emma's the only one I've read. Awesome. Well, there you go. Now we're going to read Sense and Sensibility. I thought you hadn't read Emma. Uh, No, I have read Emma. It's Mansfield Park I haven't read. Okay. All right. Well, Sense and Sensibility. So it, it's a romance. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a classic. I and you haven't I seen the movie. I, I own it. But you haven't seen the movie. No, I haven't seen yeah. the movie. I've seen the Pride and Prejudice movie. That was my backup. Was I was I was either I couldn't remember which one you had read. And so I was like, I'm gonna make her read the other one. Because yeah. it was Sense and Sensibility or Emma, because I'm reading Pride and Prejudice right now, and Pride and Prejudice is too popular. Like there's no way you don't know what's going on in I've that seen book. The movie. Right. So but Sense and Sensibility or Emma, I thought would be a good one. All so, right. We'll do well, Sense I'm and actually excited about that because yeah. I have these beautiful copies of a lot of Jane Austen books and I've never I've only ever read Emma and now I will be forced to read that book and it'll take really great Instagram pictures. Yeah, and I don't think it's actually terribly long. No, it's short. You want to grab Hold it? on. It's the green one. It's 391. That's not terrible. So, no. And That's okay. I think you'll really like it. Yeah. Well, I think that you'll enjoy the sass and the romance behind it um, because it's slow and it's there's some of your favorite enemies to lovers in there and there's some, you know, that's a trope. You can have that one. Um, <laughs> freebie. You know, freebie. But I, I think you'll, I think it'll be, I don't know. We haven't done a classic. We haven't. You know what I mean? And I think we should venture into it. And it's February. So why not read a love story? <laughs> See, I thought you were going to make me read this selection. It is on my list to make you read it. Is that, but we. That's t- what I was going to do. Okay. So we had discussed earlier the possibility of Kale's making me read an entire trilogy. Yeah. In one, for one episode joint, because it was short books. Yeah. <clears throat> and she told me it was a YA romance. And so I was like guessing. I hadn't told her that I was guessing, but I thought it was the selection. And I was right. You were right. I was going to have you read the selection. And that's what I was going to make you do for February. But. But you didn't want to reread the selection? No, actually, I do want to reread the selection. The reasoning is I am challenging myself to read one Jane Austen book a month for the first six months of 2019. And I wanted to use it as an excuse for this episode. And I thought, February, Jane Austen. And I was like, it'll fit. And uh, yeah. And you want me, you want to force me to read? Yeah, because the really only way that I can, (laughs) my excuse for reading books that were not published in this year or next year (laughs) is this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm barely convincing myself to read Pride and Prejudice right now because I'm like, oh my God, I have all these arcs I want to read. And I was like, no, fucking fucking finish it um because i want to have read i've actually sat down and read all of them when i like wasn't 12 you know yeah so well and you can make me 
Yes. I'm excited. Yay. Yay. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Sense and Sensibility. So join us for that in February. It's easy to get a copy of. You literally can Google Sense and Sensibility PDF and it'll pop up on Google. Because it's... Yeah, but support your local independent bookstore. Go get a copy (laughs) of it somewhere else instead. Um, This was a... It's going to be a far jump. No interdimensional travel. Uh, No dead children. Oh, God. Um, Thank God. Yeah, no dead children. Um... No, no, no talking animals. Uh, and no alethiometers. Alethiometers. Anemometers. Yeah. So I'm glad you're excited. Yeah. You can hate it. It's okay, too. I'll tell you. I know you will. That's (laughs) the point of this podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, do you have anything else that you want to add? Literally no. Okay. Great. (laughs) Cool. Um, Read Sense and Sensibility with us next month in February. Please follow us on all the social media. We're actually doing a really cool promotion right now. Um, Do you want to just quickly give a shout out about that? So on our Instagram, if you go on there, you can see we made some bookmarks and some stickers. Our new logo is fucking amazing. Damn it, mom. Our new logo is fucking amazing. And I know I've told Allison this already, but I'm so excited about it. And the swag that she designed is really great. Thanks. No, seriously. Um, So, yeah. So, we have bookmarks and we have stickers that we are giving away. um, And all you have to do to get one is review our podcast where you listen to them. So, and all the details are on Instagram. But it's super fun and I want to give you free stuff. So, go follow us on Instagram. Check it out and get some cool bookmarks and stickers. Yeah. It's awesome. It's really great. And um, just give us a review. Five stars on iTunes wherever you listen to podcasts thank you so much for taking an hour of your time and listening to us talk about this really fucked up book <laughs> we and hope if you, you read think it it's with fucked us, up too if you read it with us let us know how you felt what were your emotions god i had so many the fucking fish and rata tell me where was rata where was rata all right i'm done now okay i'm gonna go cry in a corner okay Uh, I'm Allison. I'm Kales. Thanks for listening to us and keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye. Bye.